just suppose God searched through Jesus Christ and this whole season to reflect on and to think about Jesus Christ how he left his perfect home in heaven to come to this simple wicked world and he died for me he died for me and I'm thankful for that he died for you that's why we're here tonight that's why we're here on a cold wintry rainy Wednesday night We'd be wasting our time if it were not for Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our praise. God is so good. He's so good to me. He's so good to us, a congregation, a church family. 
We have so much to praise him for, so much to thank him for. I could say it, and I do just about every time I get up here to preach, talk about just this very subject. Let us never take, and I'm talking to myself, oh, that I would never take for granted God, God's goodness, his grace and mercy in my life. Where would I be without Jesus Christ? You see, I, I view things from, at times, an odd perspective. You see, I, I look at family and I look at friends. I look at the world in which I live and I say, you know, we look at this world and it's upside down, right? And I look at it and I see people my age, roughly, walking down the street. I see them out visiting and I, I see them at the mall. I see them when I'm shopping, when I'm at the gas station, and I think to myself, not that I am better than any one person, but that could be me. I'm talking about that guy that I talked to at the door who's struggling with drugs and alcohol. That could be me. I'm talking about the, 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 the young man who is on the verge of divorce and that marriage is just about over. That could be me. Who am I? Yet Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm thankful for that. Go to John chapter, before we go to John, go to Luke. I'm going to start there. Luke chapter 1. I've spent some time here in Sunday school these last few weeks with the teenagers. And I've been encouraged by some of these verses. And this is not the message exactly, but... It kind of, we can set the foundation here. It starts here. And I, I, I love the tie and the connection that I have with the message and the thought that I'm going to give this evening. I'm going to start with Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Again, just by way of introduction, these verses to me are precious. They are powerful. I'm going to read down through verse number 37. The Bible says, Then said Mary... Luke chapter 1, verse number 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, saying, I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. I want to start with that simple thought. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. The reason I'm starting here today is I'm going to talk about three qualities that we'll eventually learn from this one's son, Elizabeth's son. Anyone know who that is? John the Baptist. We're going to learn three qualities, three characteristics that I think can be applied or at least prayed about moving into going into the new year. Here we are, 2020, whether we believe it or not, is just about over. It's been an interesting year, to say the least. I, I woke up today with a reminder, I guess memories, if you will, on my phone a little, uh, I don't know, a slideshow that my phone just put together for me. These, these phones are so smart. They're so clever. Didn't have to do a thing. I didn't work on this. I didn't put it together. It did it for me. Unbelievable. 
Did the same thing for my message this evening. Just kidding. No, I didn't do that. This slideshow was something else, and it just went through 2020. All the major events, or at least the, the events that I captured on my phone. And it took me back to, I couldn't believe that it was the same year, but we went on that Philippines trip. Like, that happened in 2020. <laughs> that was a long time ago. It seems like it was a long time ago. That was in 2020. It, I went through a number of different memories this past year, but it's hard to believe after all the things that have taken place, transpired, 2020 is just about over. And we're ready to jump into a brand new year. I enjoy this type, this time of year. I, I, I like the new year. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure involved, at least for me, because I want to create, I want to set something up, I want to start something fresh and solid that I will not back down from, something I'm not going to give up on. And when we think about New Year's resolutions, many of those resolutions that are created, those that are made, uh, they're started this time of year, many of them don't make it through the first month or two. In all honesty, they don't. I don't want that to be me. I want to start something, not just start it, but Finish it. Finish it well. And there's responsibility there. For me, I take it as a big responsibility because many times I'll let someone know, I'll tell someone what I'm doing. And I don't want to let that person down. If I have, maybe you've done this, you, you have a New Year's resolution to reading through your Bible this year in 2021. You tell someone about that. I know it's not just for that person but why do you tell that person you're going to read through the Bible in 2021? There's, there's accountability. Someone's checking up on you. Someone may ask about it, and what are you going to tell them? Oh, ask me all about it the first couple of weeks. I'll tell you all about it. It's going great. A month in, two months in, maybe not so much, and that's sad. That's unfortunate. We see it exemplified in the gyms across America. They're slammed. I don't know about 2021. They might not be slammed because of all the sickness and whatnot. I'm not sure where that's at. But usually they're slammed. And about a month later, they're not slammed. I'm going to get in shape in 2021. Yeah. This is the year. I got this. Three weeks later. <laughs> I hope it's not like that for you. But this is an important time of year for that purpose, for that reason, because I believe as an individual, I should every day do my very best to become a bit more like Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I'm asking you today, have you thought of a New Year's resolution? Have you thought of something that you're going to begin doing at the New Year? Something that is going to take you one step closer to Jesus Christ? Thinking spiritually now, what could you do, what could you add to your life that would improve you spiritually speaking? That would take you closer to Jesus Christ? And I asked the teenagers, and one of them, I said, why do we... Fail, why do we hesitate to set New Year's resolutions? Because I do believe 
that we've kind of gotten past New Year's resolutions as a whole. As I talk to people along the way, most people don't do those anymore because we don't want to fail. We don't want to, and that's what the teenager said, we just don't want, you don't want to fail. If you, maybe, maybe if you set them, you, you don't follow through, you feel bad about yourself, and you just get worse. And that happens year after year after year. I just say, let's not do New Year's resolutions. I don't want to fail this year. And as, as children of God, we have someone inside of us that gives us strength and power to overcome our flesh and the weaknesses that we face. Jesus Christ can get us through. We can be successful. We can experience victory. And we ought to. We should. He says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Will we jump into this new year with God? I hope Community Baptist Temple, I hope we as a church family jump into this new year, 2021, with God. Because with God, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'm telling you, we can, we can grow this church. And I, I ask you, why, why, why do we want to grow this church? I'm talking numerically. Why do we want to grow Community Baptist Temple? What would be a good reason to grow this church in number? What was it? Souls being saved. They're out there. This world in which we live. They're all over the place. Right here in Akron, Ohio. People dying and going to a devil's hell every single day. And when I see this room full, those, maybe not everyone in this room is saved, but there's a good possibility if you are here tonight, you are saved and you're on your way to heaven. And that's wonderful news. But there's many people in this world that don't have that peace. They don't have that confidence, that assurance that only comes through Christ. God can grow this church. Oh, in this day and age of COVID, you think we can really do this thing? I do. For with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. We go through life many times, just like those New Year's resolutions. I'm not even going to set them because I don't want to fail. We go through life expecting to fail. And that translates right into our spiritual lives. Right into this very room. That better not be our mindset. Because we are on the winning side. We serve a risen Savior. Jesus Christ is alive and well. For with God. With God. Nothing, nothing is impossible. Just, just ask Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Luke, he's a doc. He's a doctor, right? He says, she's barren. She will not have children. That's what the doctors are saying. That's what the scientists are saying. And believe you me, I saw the commercial the other day. I told the teenagers. It was all over the commercial. I saw this commercial. I had to keep watching. I couldn't take my eye off the screen. It was in science, 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 science. It's like, what? Science. I just like doing that. I did the same thing to the teenagers. Science. <laughs> I like doing that. But that's exactly what was happening on the TV screen. And did you, did you know this? That science, this is what they told me. Science is the only way back to normal. Science is the only way back to normal. 
Well, the scientist was telling Elizabeth, you will not have a baby. The doctor says it can't be done. And God says, hold it. It's time now. Now it's time. Elizabeth didn't expect to have a baby, but God had other plans. For with God, nothing is impossible. And it's important because John the Baptist is rather important. Let's go to John chapter 1. Let's take a look at this guy for just a moment. We'll look at John the Baptist, and I think he's got a few ideas for us this evening. He's going to help us. He's going to help us here. We're going to read. Let's see. Let's read verse 21. We'll start in verse number 21, and I'm going to read a few verses here, all the way down through verse number 37. So you read along with me. I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into this, this thought tonight. Father, we need you, and I pray that you would bless the short time that we have together tonight as we gather around your word, and that's what we're doing right now. We have opened your word, and I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us tonight. The very last service in 2020, Lord, I pray that it would be profitable. Pray that we would learn something, and we could be able to apply these truths, these thoughts, as you give them to us tonight through your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. John chapter 1, verse number 21, the Bible says, And they asked him, What then? What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man, which is preferred before me. For he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon, upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Three characteristics, that's two, three characteristics three characteristics that we can take 
from John the Baptist tonight that can be applied, maybe prayed over for our New Year's resolution, something that we can take hold of, use to start this year, to make it through this year. Right off the bat, right off the top, I'm looking at verse number 21. Right there where I read from just a moment ago, we're looking at John the Baptist. What can we learn, John? Tell us all about it. What can you teach us tonight? What can be applied? How can I improve? I want to improve. I want to become more like Christ. I want to better myself this evening. Right off the top, number one, we see that John the Baptist was real. He was real. Let's look at verse number 21. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. He knew his role. He knew his responsibilities. He knew who he was. If we are going to be effective Christians in 2021, if we are going to be an effective church, we must know our roles and our responsibilities. We must apply them to our hearts and our lives and be completely okay with whatever it is that God has given me and you to do this year in 2021. Real. He was real. You knew what you were getting. Unfortunately, in our churches, unfortunately, in America today, it is very, very difficult to find someone that is real, someone that is genuine. I think we could blame a number of different things. We can, we can point to social media. I mean, I think social media is, is something else. You, everyone's picture perfect right there in social media. You got, wow, what would we do without filters, honestly? Let's just be honest, taking pictures of ourselves. If those filters didn't exist, would we take as many? I don't use a filter because I don't need to use a filter, all right? Most, most need to use a filter. I understand that, all right? But I'm sorry I'm very sorry if you're upset with me tonight. I laugh every single time I see a picture and you've been filtered up this side, that side, and boom. I say, is that like a sketch, a cartoon character, or is that like a real thing? Is that a real person? I'm not sure. I really don't know. I want the real thing. And we have a way about us. We have learned, and I do believe social media plays a factor. It's not the whole thing. But we have this ability. We're professional pretenders today. We're so good at being or at least looking like something we are not. So very good at it. John the Baptist was real as real can be. Some would even say to a fault. I mean, he was just going to put it out there. And I'm not talking about just being mean and nasty. There's always that person that says, I speak my mind. And they, they just say that so that they can just rip people. And I can say what I want to say on social media. I can just say what I want to say to your face. I don't care. I just speak my mind. That's what they do. 
that, that's just an excuse for probably being a little mean or just ungodly. John the Baptist, we won't take the time to look at it. He's just going to say it. He's going to speak it, it like it is. He's going to preach it. He's just going to throw it out there. Here it is. And we have the ability to do that. We should, in a Christ-honoring, a loving manner, give the gospel, give the word of God to a lost and dying world. And can I tell you, you can only do that so nice. You can only make it sound so kind because sin is sin. I have found that no matter how nice you are, if someone is stuck in their sin, if they are stuck in their ways, they're only going to hear one, one part of one side of what is coming out of your mouth. You could tell them you love them, I care about you, I'm praying for you, I want more for you, but I'm concerned about you. And they can take it as I hate you, you're dead to me, get out of my life. That's not what I said. I said I care about you. I'm praying for you. Are you real? Are we real? 2020, have we been playing games this year? I guess is what I'm asking. Have you been playing games? Have you been playing a part? You look the part. You act the part. You walk and talk the part when you're at church. But at home, it's a totally different story. Maybe not just at home. But right here, it's a totally different story. I can, I can pretend at home, too. I can play games at home. I can try and pretend to be the great, the great father and the amazing husband that I want everyone to believe me to be. But in my mind, I am someone completely different. Are you real? John the Baptist was real. He knew it was expected of him. He knew his responsibilities and his role. And he effectively obeyed God's commands for his life individually. Let's take a look really quick. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. The only way that you can be, how do I become real, Brother Josh? I'm sick of fighting this fight. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm done. I, I can't stand it. I know I'm fake, but I can't do anything about it. It's almost like a habit. I can't help myself. I'm just fake. I'll tell you why. Because your true identity will only be found in Christ. John the Baptist knew this. Oh, the Apostle Paul, he knew this. You're not satisfied? You're unhappy this evening? You feel like you can't please anybody? Or nobody, maybe nobody can please you? You're fake and you know it. You want to reverse that. You want to change it. Maybe it is just up there in your mind and you can't help yourself. You must find yourself in Jesus Christ. That's where your identity comes from. As a believer, as a Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at a couple of verses here. Get ready to turn to a few different passages. 12 verses 27 through 31. 27 through 31. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. That's interesting. And God hath set some in the church for apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, and all apostles are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, 
have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Back up to verse number 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Every single person in this room tonight has a job given to you by Jesus Christ. God has given you a role, a responsibility. It's not the same as mine and mine is not the same as yours. It is your role. It is your job. And the only way that you can find your true identity is to be obedient to what God has for you as an individual. John the Baptist couldn't say, but I want to be Jesus. I'm six months older. I'm older and wiser. I've been around. Here I am. He couldn't be Jesus. That wasn't his responsibility. That wasn't his role. That was not his job. He was John the Baptist, and he was there to pave the way for that one, the preferred one, Jesus Christ. That's what his job was, and he worked it to perfection. What's your job? What is your responsibility? Because if you are struggling with your identity tonight, if you are struggling with just simply being real, open and honest, I wish I could be, but I can't, I bet if we went back far enough, you would find a place in your life, a fork in the road where you decided to separate yourself from God's will and God's plan for your life. God says, I need you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to go there. And you say, but I like this over here. That may have been months ago. That may have been years ago. But I bet if we traveled far enough back, we could find that place in your life, if that's what you're struggling with. I just want to be real. You've got to be real. And that's a decision that you can make today. That's a decision that you ought to make today in preparation for this new year. I'm done being fake. I'm done being a phony. God, whatever you want, here I am. Colossians 2, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's take a look at that really quick. Colossians chapter 2. I'm spending some time here, but this was the last, it's the first point in my message, but it was the last thought that I had, and God gave it to me just a few hours ago, and I believe that he wants something specific here. There's some folks right here in this congregation that are struggling with this very issue. We can have victory tonight. For with God. Nothing is impossible. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 8 through verse number 10. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the, of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. The only way you'll ever feel complete, totally satisfied, is in Jesus Christ. The world is searching for happiness in all the wrong places, and we know that to be so. We know it to be true. But we are full. Our churches are full of people who are just going through the motions. And that will not change the world. That will not flip Akron upside down for God. We must not. We cannot be going through the motions. We must be real. Amen. Community Baptist Temple must be real. 
Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's look at one more here. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. We know this verse. Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I, for I am with thee to, to de deliver thee, excuse me, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have set this day, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah, you say you can't do it, say it can't be done, you're not the right man for the job, just trust me, it'll be just fine. I am, God speaking, the all-powerful one. I've got everything that you need. You'll be just fine. God knew you before you were ever born. He has a plan in place. Are you willing to work that plan? What do we learn? What do we learn from John the Baptist? John the Baptist, he was real. John the Baptist was real. Number two, look at verse number 37. Verse number 37, John, I'll let you get back there. John chapter 1, verse number 37. He was real. We also want to note his relationships. And this is, I wish I had just as much time to talk about this. His relationships, this is so very important. If we are going to grow this church, if we are going to see people not just being saved, but taught and trained and learning all about this Jesus that we serve, relationships will be so vital, so very important. Verse number 37. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. I could read more verses, uh, give a bit more background here, but I want to focus in on those two disciples. John the Baptist, he had some followers. And I, I had just have, because of time, I have a simple question. 2020... We'll talk about 2021 in just a moment. Who in 2020 have you been discipling? Who have you been bringing along? John the Baptist had a few. He had some followers. He was teaching and he was training. Doing all the things that we as a church and individually are commanded to do. Who are you? And I'm asking myself the same question. Who are we bringing along tonight? Who are you discipling? You say, I, <laughs> it's been a weird year. We haven't had a lot of contact with people. It's just been odd, and I know it has. But we're going to have to turn that around in 2021. We will. Community Baptist Temple, as a group, a whole, we'll have to turn that around. 
individually. You need to turn that around. I need to turn that around. We need to take someone under our wing. Tell them all about this Jesus that we know, that we love, and that we serve. I'm real. I'm genuine. I'm excited about this thing. Come with me. I want to tell you all about this Jesus that changed and transformed my life. It's really that simple. Relationships, though, they take time and they take effort, some hard work, but it's worth it. Preacher mentioned it just the, I, I believe it was the last service. And we can become discouraged with those that we're teaching and training and trying to bring along and they quit on you. They give up on you and rather they give up on God. Maybe they're, they're no longer here at church and you were trying to keep them faithful. You were doing your very best. You would even give, you would give them a ride every once in a while. Try to get them here as much as possible. You would sit them down and have a little Bible study and they're nowhere to be found and we can become discouraged. Is it worth it? And preacher said it. yes. You can look to three, four, five, six, maybe 10, maybe 20 examples, but if there's just one example of someone who is here today or someone is on the right path because of your faithfulness and your example, it was worth it all. And it is worth it all. You can get, your, you can, you can get that door slammed in your face time and time again. It doesn't happen that often out soul winning. We try to act like it does, but it doesn't happen that often. But it happens, or maybe someone yells at you, get off my property, didn't you read the sign? Oh, man, I'm just trying to do a good thing here. And you get to walk through the plan of salvation just one time, and all of those bad memories just wash away because it was worth it. That one soul is saved. Oh, my heart was so excited, so thrilled. Just the other day, right before Christmas, Brother Don texted me, he says, boom. He said, yes. Got to lead two gentlemen to the Lord at work today. Mm. It was worth it all. John the Baptist, he was real. He had relationships, disciples. And I believe this is a thought that really can go in passing in a message like this. But I want you to stop here for just a moment. Really think about it. Who can you take under your wing? Who will you bring soul winning to the soul winning training on Saturday, January 16th? Who are you bringing? We're just talking practically here. Who in your Sunday school class are you going to hold yourself with them accountable to learning that memory verse, next week's memory verse? It's just a memory verse. Just bringing them along. Bringing them along. That's what John the Baptist did. John the Baptist, he was real. Notice his relationships. Verse number 37, those disciples... And then in closing, well, my third point this evening, and this goes hand in hand with these relationships, is his repetition. Notice number three, the repetition. And I believe that we can adopt this principle, this idea, this way of living, this way of thinking, the repetition. And I go to verse number, I'll start with verse number 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And he goes talking. Verse number 29. Now, let's jump all the way down to verse number 36. Let's go to 35. Again, again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples 
And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God! Exclamation point. Said it louder. Hear that? He's said it twice now. The second time, I believe there's an interesting response. Because it says a few times in this passage that he's speaking. Lending it or lending to the idea that he's speaking to someone. He's not talking to himself here. As if the disciples, his disciples are still listening. It's not mentioned in that first one, verse number 29, but I have to believe that they're around. He's speaking to them, or at least to a group. And then there's a difference in verse number 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he says it again, he saith, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. What if you would have stopped just for the first time? Behold, the Lamb of God, true statement, which taketh away the sin of the world. Many times, that's where we stop. I told them they need to be at church. And they came that once and they said they enjoyed it, but I can't get them back. Repetition. You ask them again. Tell them they need to be there again. John the Baptist, verse number 29. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. I, he may have even got, I can picture this, getting get a few amens out of him. Amen. Yes, there he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, John the Baptist. Amen. There he is. Mm -hmm. No movement. No movement. No one's hitting the altars here. <laughs> so, verse number 36 comes around. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God! Exclamation point. And the two disciples heard him speak. Almost kind of like, Whoa. Whoa. The, the Lamb of God? Yeah, that one. I also see humility here in John the Baptist. No, 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 no. I, I said that was true, guys, but you don't have to follow him. I mean, I, I, wait, everyone's leaving. Where'd everyone go? They're following Jesus. He didn't mind because that was his job. That was his role, his responsibility. Oh, how we can become selfish individuals at times. We like when people are counting on us. We like when people need us. You see this in the moms, the young moms. I don't, I don't want them to be potty trained because they need me, the little baby, right? Mommy, the, the little baby needs me, I'm mommy. We don't want to lose that, right? Because we, we want to feel needed. It's natural. But if that were to continue you would really be holding little Junior back. He's got to grow. He has to grow. And many times, I believe, even as disciples, we'll hold that disciple back because we like that they need us. That adult Sunday school leader, it's nice when, when, when everyone's looking to me and everyone needs me and I got them right where I want them. And I know that's not the, the attitude here. But that can be a natural tendency in our flesh. Not John the Baptist. 
He says, yep, the Lamb of God. There he goes. That's Jesus. They followed him, and he was all about it. His relationships, his repetition. I'm here to tell you tonight, don't stop. Don't quit. He didn't stop after the first Lamb of God. He had to say it again. And tonight, maybe you have had enough. In 2020, you are at your wit's end. I don't want to go any farther. I'm telling you, you keep living for God. You keep learning about God. You keep reading your Bible. You keep praying. You keep coming to church. Repetition. Stay faithful. Keep at it. Don't quit. Never give up. Why? For with God, nothing is impossible. Anything is possible this evening. Anything is possible in your marriage. With your children, anything is possible. Have you given up on God? No. No, don't give up on God. You stay faithful. Maybe there's a sister in the room. You're struggling. You're praying for your sister. Don't quit. For with God, nothing is impossible. Maybe it's an aunt or an uncle. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. For with God, nothing is impossible. John the Baptist, he was real. He took the time to disciple. He had those relationships. And he was relentless. Over and over and over again, nothing's going to tear us down. Nothing, nothing is going to destroy what Community Baptist Temple stands for because we are standing on the rock, Jesus Christ. He's the one we need. We need Jesus. In closing, I want to look at those two statements. Well, really the one he says twice. Behold, verse number 29. Just look at it. Just look at that, look at that phrase. You read it for yourself. Behold the Lamb of God. Picture it with me now. John the Baptist is walking with his disciples. He's with his disciples. He's with them consistently, constantly. He's, with, he's teaching and training. He says, behold. There he Off in the distance, here comes Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God. This comes from, this word behold, comes from the Greek word ido. And it goes much deeper goes much, much deeper than just, hey guys, look, Jesus. Hey guys, look, the Lamb of God, look at him. No, it goes much deeper than just look. Much, much deeper. Look. This behold, you read it there in your Bible, behold the Lamb of God. Verse number 36, behold, behold the Lamb of God is to No. It refers to, in this sense, cannot tell. It's like this. Behold. You've got to see this for yourself, guys. Look at him. There's Jesus. I I can't really tell you all about it right now. You've got to experience him for yourself. Behold the Lamb of God. Look at him. There he is. You, me, Community Baptist Temple, if we are going to behold tonight the Lamb of God, we have to get to know him 
We must experience him for who and what he is, not just from what the preacher says, not just from what I've been taught, but what I have experienced in and through Jesus Christ. That's why I encourage you tonight, every service, you come to Community Baptist Temple, you sit under the sound of our pastor's voice, please do yourself a favor and bring your Bible. Bring this book, the Bible. Do it. Please bring your Bible. Look at it for yourself. Feel it. Experience it. Because we have a generation today that's looked at Jesus. We've watched. We've seen a few things. But we have not experienced him. And that's why we are a shallow church. In America today, we, we see a shallow church because we have not experienced Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why in the midst of the turbulence, the trials and the tribulations that are coming our way, we say we'll stand, but we will not because we have not yet experienced Jesus Christ. John the Baptist, he knew the Savior. He knew all about Jesus. He knew his role, his responsibility, and he lived it. John the Baptist was real. What about those relationships? Are you willing to take on a relationship this year? Give of yourself, your time, your talents, your treasures? Repetition? I'm telling you, don't quit. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Fighting the good fight of faith because Jesus is there with you. And that's a wonderful thing. For with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. You start that standard way up here. Trusting that Jesus Christ will get you through. Jesus Christ will make a way. Jesus Christ will give you the strength you need. 2021 can be a year of victorious growth. Community Baptist Temple, if we trust in Jesus and only Jesus, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord. Father, we come to you. Lord, we love you. And we are thankful for this book that you have given us. Lord, I pray that we would put it to action, to use. Lord, it would not be something we just simply look at, something that we blindly read through, but Lord, something that we long to experience. Lord, something that is life-altering, life-changing as it is. Lord, it'll make a difference in this church. It'll make a difference in all of the families, the marriages represented, those that make up this church, this church family. Father, we need you. I pray, Lord, that we would take what we have heard tonight what we have learned from John the Baptist. Lord, that we would be the Christians that we ought to be. Lord, we need you. We do love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head